Welcome to the TV Deets Podcast. My name is Brett and I'm the guy behind the blog. An extension of tvdeets.com, join us for a brand new episode each week as we break down the latest unscripted news and ratings and share exclusive piping hot tea on all of your favorite reality shows. Now, let's get into it. and welcome to the TV Deeds podcast. I'm your host Brett and I'm recording this just a few days late on Sunday, November 12th. TV Deeds fam, I've had the busiest week, so thank you for being patient with me. On this week's episode, my overall thoughts on BravoCon, a look at what's going on in Salt Lake City between my girl Heather Gay and Monica Garcia, and a sneak peek at tonight's all new Married to Medicine. All this and more on the next hour of the TV Deeds podcast. <laughs> Okay, so it is the week post-BravoCon. If you were at BravoCon, I mean, you guys know, it is just a crazy weekend, running around, busy, 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 and it flies by. It feels like you arrived on day one, and come Sunday night, it is all just a blur. So, I am living through you because I did not go to BravoCon this year in Las Vegas. I did go last year to, to, uh, to BravoCon in New York City and had a fabulous time. But I'm just going to share some thoughts on kind of my little BravoCon recap, just from what I saw at home on social media, and just in terms of the marketing and, you know, was this event a huge success for Bravo like last year? So, I mean, this year was a little interesting. Leading up until this event, we had the Vanity Fair expose kind of hanging over Bravo. Uh, There was supposed to be some really big, I guess revelations in that article and it was my understanding it was supposed to kind of shake things up at Bravo but I don't think Bethany really got there as we saw the week before BravoCon Ramona Singer seems to be the only casualty of this Vanity Fair expose so far and come the weekend I mean they totally just brushed over it and you know Ramona was pushed to the back and so was Bethany to be honest which I thought was very interesting now You know, last year's BravoCon, we had a few big moments, right? We had Ashley and Luke uh, hooking up at BravoCon, crossing franchises there. We had, you know, the whole drama with Monique and is she or is she not getting uh, separated from Chris Samuels? I mean, she wasn't even on Bravo at the time and it was a huge Bravo story last year. And then we also had the New York City cast reveal. We met all of the Real Housewives of uh, New York City. And I also can't forget, we had Jen Shaw crashing the actual Bravo after party at BravoCon. So quite a few moments from New York City. Not to mention, I mean, the the fight between Jennifer Aiden and Joe Gorga at the Gansevoort. There was just so much, you guys, because I think, you know, all these Bravo liberties were in such close proximity. They all stayed at that Gansevoort hotel. There was a few Bravo celebrities even at my hotel, and 
you know, it was just crazy. You would be out in New York City, you'd run into Reza at a restaurant. Um, it was just really, really cool. From what I can see from this BravoCon, it's a lot of, like, photos, and in the background, it's just, like, Hall H, you know? Like, it's just, you got Tamara in front, and you got that gold hallway behind you. So, I'm getting a little tired of the photos. I feel like New York City, just the backdrop was just on point. And these Vegas fashions, I mean, can we talk for a minute about what people have been wearing? Like, I saw a photo of Wendy yesterday, you guys, and you know I love Wendy um, from Potomac, but she was wearing this, like, orange dress. She had this crazy updo, and it just looked like saran wrap. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Wendy. It was a bad look. It was just so Vegas, and I think that's what everyone was kind of playing into. Like, there was some really bad stuff. Um, the Salt Lake City cast, I don't even know what's going on there. Lisa Barlow, like, with these jeans, and then, like, she'll have, like, a chain around as a belt. Like, I don't know, you guys. It's, it was really rough for a minute there in Vegas. But, hey... You know, there were some fashion moments, I will say. Um, you know, Kenya Moore looked fabulous the entire weekend. I feel like she really knows how to dress for her body. Obviously, my girl Karen brought it out. I just watched a Watch What Happens Live with her when she came out with Shep. Total palette cleanser. Um, but these looks overall, guys, were very, very Vegas. So, interesting, nonetheless. But anyways, I mean, there was no huge drama, and I think that's my one big takeaway from BravoCon, is last year we had all of these moments, another one just came to mind that we're watching play out on Beverly Hills, is Erica Jane throwing Dorit's marriage under the bus. So we got quite a few moments from BravoCon last year that fueled the shows, and then also fueled social media the entire week. And from my personal opinion, it just seems a little quieter. We didn't really get that big... Like I said, those big revelations or, you know, huge amounts of tea. I mean, even things that could have been newsworthy, like, you know, Ramona Singer being axed from the Legacy panel. Like, I just don't even know why we're not even acknowledging it. I get they wanted to just brush past it, but, you know, removing her from a panel and then, like, exiting her, like, editing her out of the promos and then just not saying anything, it's just very weird. So, again, I don't know, Bravo PR, I think you just gotta be, like, really transparent with what's going on. Let's talk a little bit about what we did here, though, announcements-wise. Like I just said, I think the biggest trailer takeaway was the Roni Legacy trailer. That seems to be the most popular one, at least on my social feeds. I know Southern Hospitality uh, had their Season 2 trailer, Below Deck Season 11. I was uh, proven true with my exclusive on Below Deck. I told you guys, I think it was back in like February, that Bravo had actually fired Captain Lee. Well... Here we go. Here's the trailer. And if you didn't believe me, Captain Lee is out. So a big revelation there. I mean, he was at BravoCon. He has that little show with Kate. I'm told he's going to be in the mix moving forward. But definitely a huge move to remove Captain Lee from the Below Deck franchise. Now, that was pretty much it for announcements. I mean, we also got the, you know, the audience there got to see the Dubai Season 2 trailer as well as the Season 2 premiere. And I knew when they had announced that they were screening that premiere that we would get kind of the Ultimate Girls Trip 3 treatment, which is what they did at BravoCon last year. They played that trailer and we didn't see it for like six months. And I know the same thing's going to happen with Dubai because, as I've been telling you on the pod, that show is not coming until 2024. So 
all in all, I think, like, people had a blast. That's what I'm seeing. A lot of great reviews, but I just feel like the big announcements, we need more of them. I think Bravo and NBC are going to have a little bit of difficulty managing, you know, a BravoCon every year, and then the upfront presentation, which is for advertisers, because, you know, the upfronts are where, that's where they first announced Roni Legacy, for example. So, they will save some announcements for those advertiser upfronts, but I think that's what's kind of creating the confusion with BravoCon is like, what are the announcements for the fans and what are we waiting for? So I know a lot of people were waiting for like a new show, a new Housewives City. I've been telling you on the pod pretty adamantly that we're not going to get a Housewives City uh, anytime soon with the ratings for some of these Housewives shows. Uh, it's all budgetary. Like, for me personally, I think we have enough cities. I want them to make the cities awesome. I want the seasons to really pop, and then we can talk about adding another franchise. But, you know, interesting. The other announcement I should mention was Erica Jane's two-part spinoff. It's only two episodes. You guys, to be real, let me just take a sip of my coffee here for a second. Okay. Mikey Minden needs to be stopped because this special, this two-part episode, is just a total rehashing of what we've already seen on reality TV. Like, I, I honestly feel like the Beverly Hills producers, like, they probably love this Pussycat Dolls adjacent storyline that Erica has going on. But for anyone that actually, like, is a reality TV veteran, you loved these shows like I did, you watch absolutely everything. Like, we had a show where we were, like, hunting for the next Pussycat Doll. I don't know if that aired like everywhere, but it aired here in Canada and it was so amazing. I mean, I think they even like made a band. I remember them making a band out of it called Girlicious. So fucking good, you guys. But anyways, it's that's Erica's special to me is just a Pussycat Dolls tryout audition. And I don't really understand it. I mean, I told you before when I revealed Karen Huger's spinoff show a couple of years ago, I really feel like this is a way to kind of keep the Housewives franchise top of mind through the year so that you're constantly thinking about Beverly Hills, for example. So I'm not mad at the two-episode idea or giving, you know, one of the cast members a little special. I think they should do way more of that. What I'm challenging Bravo on is, like, does anyone want to watch this fucking show with Erica and Mikey Minden? Like, I just don't see it. So, you know, I'll be watching those ratings. I will bring them to you. But... Again, if Erica Jane is your big announcement at BravoCon, I mean, in the public opinion, I don't know if she's completely there yet in terms of, like, vindicated, but here Bravo is giving her a special, and, you know, she's, like, a star for them, so interesting. Erica, for me, is, like, not a bad cast member on Beverly Hills. I think she brings a certain aspect to it. I just, I could, like, literally leave her or take her. That's how I feel about her as a, as a cast member on Bravo, but, you know... Like I said, I don't think I'll be watching these two episodes, but I'll be bringing you the ratings. Anyways, you guys, that's my BravoCon recap. I think some highlights for me, I watched a couple of the Watch What Happens Lives or the BravoCon Lives uh, on streaming this past week. You know, I love it, right? I was at, like I said, last year's announcement for The Real Housewives of New York City. I thought that was really cool. But like watching these BravoCon specials, I had the same thing issue that I have with Watch What Happens Live on a daily basis, which, you know, for those of you, you may or not may not know this, I don't really watch Watch What Happens Live regularly. For one reason, in Canada here, it's just delayed by two days. So by the time we get the episode, like I've seen the clips on YouTube, I already know what they've said. So it's completely irrelevant. Hey, you, you know, you might want to pay attention to that and speed up that delivery. But 
I felt that way watching these BravoCon Live specials. I just feel like Watch What Happens Live doesn't talk enough about the actual shows. Like, there's so many women. Like, they're trying. They're more interested in bringing 130 of Bravo's biggest stars together so that they can all say nothing. <laughs> like, I'd rather you bring four biggest Bravo celebrities together and we actually hear them say something rather than 45 of them sitting on stage like so to me I'm like the the episodes I just think don't deliver that punch when you're watching it you guys I watched the bravos I was so fucking bored during the bravos but the funniest thing I felt like was watching all the other bravo stars they were also bored like I feel like they got there and they were just like oh it's an award show like that's what we're doing and it was just so slow so you know, kudos to the production value. I know the team puts a lot of work into it. I just find it so fucking boring for a huge event that you want, like, press and media coverage. Like, let the housewives speak. I just feel like it's an Andy monologue every single episode. And for me, you guys, it's just it's just lackluster. So next year, I'd like to hear more content about the actual shows, more squash the beef, more reading room. Like, same thing with the reading room episode. You had, like, 14 people. 20 people on stage and Karen Huger is the only one making a punch like actually stepping out of the comfort zone getting out there and making a moment so I don't know if that's just editing or it's like like I said there's too many people and they're competing for that attention but very interesting so you guys let me know what did you think of BravoCon overall if you were there did you love it if you went to New York last year tell me all the comparisons I'd love to know my DMs are open to just hear your thoughts on BravoCon. And, you know, I've heard some rumors that they've signed, you know, allegedly a three-year deal to stay in Vegas. If so, I think that's a huge mistake. But like I said, I get why they went to Vegas. You're getting that whole Midwestern crowd, everyone from the West Coast who, you know, doesn't prefer to fly all the way to New York, for example. You know, it just hit a different target audience that Bravo wanted to get at. I'm not into Vegas as a multi-year thing. Like, I think it's pretty tired, but, you know, I'm open to places like Miami, I think would be a great option. I've done a few conferences myself, conventions in Miami. Flawless. Totally cool. You have a housewife city there. It's warm weather. People would love it. It's a little bit more, uh, less expensive as well than New York. But of course, bring it back to New York City, the home of Bravo. Like, to me, that's where I want to be going. But We'll see. So I want to hear your thoughts, you guys. Let me know what you thought of BravoCon 2023. So this drama between Heather Gay and Monica Garcia on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has been lighting up my social, and I got a lot of requests uh, for you guys to you know, you want to hear me talk about it. So I'm bringing it to the pod. Now, to recap with you guys, this was an article that came out in the sun, the US sun about four days ago. It's called Ugly Fight. Monica Garcia sues Heather Gay's company Beauty Lab for quote, botched injections on her nose and lips. So this is interesting. This is a sun exclusive. Okay, here's what they say. According to a new lawsuit between the housewives newbie and the entrepreneur, the ladies are at war with each other after an apparent falling out that is yet to air on the show. It began in August when Heather's company Beauty Lab and Laser filed lawsuit against Monica for breach of contract and breach of the covenant of good faith and fair dealing. The Salt Lake City Medical Spa said in the docs that Monica signed a contract with them on December 10th, 2019 to pay $2,500 for cosmetic injection services. 
According to the court docs exclusively obtained by the U.S. Sun, Monica only paid the initial payment of $500, which included a $49 setup fee and a $400 down payment. Monica was then supposed to make $200 monthly payments for the next 10 months, but never did. Heather's name, interestingly enough, was not mentioned in the complaint. However, Beauty Lab is arguing that they, quote, suffered and continues to suffer significant losses and damages as a result of Monica not paying the full amount owed. They requested the court to determine at trial how much, quote, not less than $2,000 Monica should hand over, plus reasonable attorney's fees and other remedies provided by statute or contract. Now, the plot thickened because Monica has filed a counterclaim, and this counterclaim was in her response that was filed in September, and then according to the U.S. Sun, amended two months later, so November. She sued Beauty Lab for breach of independent duty of care, breach of contract, and breach of duty of good faith and fair dealing. In these documents, she admitted she only made the payment of $449, but the reason why she didn't continue was because she believed she received defective, negligently given injections, which did not have the intended promised result. If I'm laughing through this, you guys, I'm laughing because this is a lawsuit over botched injections, so... Bear with me. Now, Monica's filing says that the parties reached an oral accord and satisfaction wherein Monica paid for another competent party to fix the damage to her nose and lips caused by the incompetent, negligent actions of Beauty Lab staff, and Beauty Lab was entitled to no further payment. She argued that they promised they would not seek further payment and that she suffered more damages than Beauty Lab. These include nose injections given in a negligent, medically deficient manner that diminished the appearance of Monica's nose and the appearance of Monica's lips was not improved. Okay. Monica hints that Heather Beauty Lab and later's owner had something to do with the lawsuit. Well, obviously she owns the business, but Beauty Lab filed the lawsuit three weeks prior to Monica making her debut as a housewife. While a fight has yet to break out on the series, this is what the Sun says, she has personal the reality star claims that Heather has personal animosity towards her. She says Beauty Lab's complaint has been made because of the personal animosity towards Monica, Gay, Monica of Heather Gay, an officer and director of Heather Entertainment, Inc., a member of Beauty Lab and Laser LLC, not because of the claims in the complaint, which Beauty Lab and Heather Gay know to be unfounded. Heather is listed on Beauty Lab and Laser's website as the owner of the medical spa, obviously. Now, Monica was seen at the Murray, Utah location, and she was also apparently, or I guess this is kind of confusing in the um, the Sun's piece, but there's a Murray, Utah location that Monica was frequenting, and there's a second one in Riverton that celebrated its grand opening on September 15th. We've seen Heather talk about that. Now, <laughs> while there is no definite number amount Monica is seeking, she did state that the monetary damages loss sought are less than $50,000. Well, I fucking hope so. But anyways, given Monica's amended response and the counterclaim that was just filed, Beauty Lab is yet to respond. The U.S. Sun has reached out to both parties' attorneys for comment, and no one has commented. Now, after this broke out on social, Heather did respond, and here's what Heather said. She posted a little video of her business and says, Beauty Lab and Laser is a phenomenal business in the top 1% of providers with over 3,000 positive reviews. Our injectors are nationally ranked and leaders within the industry, and our legion of loyal customers speak for itself. This lawsuit in the press has no merit and is unfortunately a pattern of behavior from a desperate woman who, when I'm unable to pay her bills, lashes out to avoid accountability. 
Wow. Wow. Now that was good, right? Heather totally got her on that one, in my opinion. Now, this lawsuit is so interesting, you guys, because I talked literally on last week's podcast about how I really love Monica's casting on Salt Lake City. I love what she's bringing to the show, but I'm worried about the level of drama because, as I was saying last week, like, you actually have to fucking get along with these girls, right? You actually have to develop real relationships at some point, and to find out that she is literally alienated her entire cast, and that's why she was kind of on the outs at BravoCon, like... Okay, so she gets back asked back for a second season. Good for you, Monica. But like burning the bridges and taking the showdown in the in the same breath, like it's not gonna bode well for Salt Lake City. Like I think that's what fans are missing from this. Is here's my take on the lawsuit, you guys. And this just comes, you know, maybe it's a little bit of my uh, personal professional experience running a month to month boutique fitness product. Let's just say that similar to Beauty Lab and Lasers business plan so when you go to beauty lab and laser you can get like just a la carte services right you can get injectables all that kind of stuff a la carte one time yada 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 you can also get like monthly subscriptions where you get like certain services and they charge you on a monthly basis and stuff like that now i don't know specifically in this lawsuit whether that's what monica was doing she was on like a month-to-month subscription that she had signed or whether it is like the article says and she kind of worked out like a financial plan to pay for the services um but either way like i am almost near certain monica has signed a rock solid disclaimer uh that she can't sue beauty lab which is why she never did okay that's why heather would have filed this lawsuit first heather is filing on behalf of her business for unpaid services which is pretty standard like even like in my business, let's just say I've never sued a client for not paying their bill, but have I had to like take them to collections and do that whole thing over something they signed? Of course. And that's just like the cost of doing business. You get people who, you know, something happens, they fall behind. It's, you know, honest and you try to work with them. They're good clients, whatever. And then you get people who like bounce around to these places. Right. And med clinics are similar to fitness studios in that sense where, you know, allegedly, word on the street is Monica was bouncing around to a few different places, getting a few different services under a few different names. And fast forward to that trailer that we've seen for Salt Lake City with the phone call in Bermuda, word on the street is that that is Heather finding out that the person who has been skipping out on bills or doing whatever at Beauty Lab is Monica Garcia. Crazy, right? Now, if that all pans out and that is exactly what that phone call is about that's pretty shocking you guys um that's good story so (laughs) to production maybe there was more to monica's casting than just the jen shaw effect because we're not hearing much about jen shaw now we're just seeing a lot of jen shaw like behaviors (laughs) which is interesting now monica has also responded and i think she posted something on her story saying like oh when the reunion comes or whatever i'll have more to say it's like okay You guys, like, I know there's a lot of people supporting Monica because you like, like, a crazy housewife who comes in and, like, just, like, burns the place down. You know, I liked Kelly Dodd her first season, too. No one fucking likes Kelly Dodd now, okay? So that's what I'm saying with Monica is let's be careful and watch her character. Um, There are definitely, you know, and I'm about to, I can't even believe it, I'm about to defend Lisa fucking Barlow. Now, you guys know I'm not a Lisa Barlow fan by any means um side note on this i 
have not spoken about Lisa Barlow at all, really, this season. Like, I mentioned her on the pod or whatever. I don't really tweet about her anymore. She's one of those housewives that, like, <laughs> I made this joke in a group chat earlier this week, but you say her name, like, three times on Twitter or on Instagram, and it's, like, the boogeyman or Bloody Mary. She comes out of the mirror, and she is so fucking pissed that you mentioned her. So, little side note, she just, Lisa Barlow completely blocked TV Deets on Twitter, didn't say anything, haven't addressed her, and I looked back to see, like, what did I say about Lisa that would have caused her to block me? And the most recent tweet um, where I mentioned her was actually praising the episode where her ring got lost, and I said between, like, Lisa's lost ring, you know, um, Whitney, uh, sorry, um, Mary, like, completely shading Angie, and, like, Meredith's meltdown, I thought that episode was amazing. So I'm, like, actually complimenting Lisa. I believe I even shared it to Instagram and she like hearted it back. Fast forward, she blocked me on Twitter, so I have no fucking clue. But Lisa, I'm going to defend you even though you don't like me. Now, abuse story aside, like I'm not really going to talk about Monica's issues with her mom anymore. I think we're seeing that. What I am talking about is Lisa does have a point when she says that Monica is distracting from her behavior with this backstory like we literally were talking about angie's husband being gay and it has totally flipped into like lisa barlow's karen like i don't know how we got there (laughs) even angie sitting down with monica like angie i love you i'm starting to really like you as a housewife but this fucking woman was spreading rumors that your husband was gay never on housewives before has someone who's done that been given the benefit of the doubt like monica like we can think back to like vicky on orange county talking about eddie Tamara screaming in Vicky's face over it. Like, we've countless times have talked about husband's sexuality, and the women who brought the rumor to the group is never viewed as, like, doing a good deed. So I don't know what's in the water in Salt Lake City, but that person was not doing you a good, like, any favors, Angie. And that's sketchy behavior, you guys. Doesn't make for entertaining TV, of course, but it makes this person, like, volatile, okay? And this person, like I said last week on the pod, red flags so when i heard this story about beauty lab and laser you know of course like i've interviewed heather i like heather i don't talk to heather or have a relationship with heather just so everyone knows it's not like that when you do these interviews but you know i just don't see heather as a person that is going to drag her business into a lawsuit for something that she can't win like you don't take someone to court for two thousand dollars if you don't think you can win now what's so funny about this is because this just reminds me of like sheree and Drew on Atlanta with, like, Drew being taken to court over $1,000. Like, (laughs) just pay the $1,000 if you owe the person. Just pay the $2,000. So Monica counter-suing and trying to take down Heather's business and saying that, like, oh, you gave me botched injections and I had to, like, jump around to other places to get it fixed. Like, that tells me right there. Like I said, allegedly, word on the street is this person is bouncing around to multiple med clinics. And, I mean, it's in the in the story itself she pretty much says that so you know i just don't think it's something that as monica even if that turned out to be true like you had a bad reaction to uh, an injectable or like you got a black eye from one like heather did allegedly like again long term so like getting involved in this legal predicament makes sense to you like i just don't understand people's logic like if you think monica's behavior in this situation from what we've read from this lawsuit is okay you need to be, like, checked out, because this is just not how, like, you adults get along, and like I said, like, every article about Monica, it's interesting, like, even this one in the sun, it says she's 39, another article I read says she's 38, another thing I said, I read says she's 40, and it's like, 
what the fuck is going on with this girl? Because we have like three or four different ages, four or five different names. I don't know, you guys. It's just, it's very interesting to me right now. I'm Team Heather until, you know, if another shoe drops or something comes out. But I'm just not seeing how Monica comes out of this looking good. Like, I just don't get it. Like, at the end of the day, Heather has two businesses. These are actual storefront locations. This isn't a t-shirt line. You know, that's some love and marriage shade for you. This isn't a t-shirt line or anything like that. This is an actual business with employees, staff. It's open right now. People go to it day to day. So don't fuck with her, you guys. Don't fuck with Heather Gay, okay? So that's my thoughts on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. for another bravo ratings recap this week i am talking about sunday november 5th and the launch of the real housewives of potomac and the return of mary to medicine and the rest of the bravo week so looking at sunday the real housewives of potomac season 8 debuted to a 0.19 in the adults 18 to 49 demo and 787,000 live viewers now, this is pretty much in line with Season 7, which debuted in October of 2022. That episode earned a 0.24 in the demo and 792,000 live viewers. So like I said, not far off. Now, the Season 7 average is a 0.26 and 856,000 live viewers. Impacted heavily by the Season 7 reunion, which, as you remember, was three parts and had the whole Robin Dixon stuff. So... As Potomac heats up, these are really solid uh, numbers. We haven't lost much from last season, and of course you have DVR and streaming in the mix as well. So I'm content with uh, Potomac's ratings. Now that led into the season 10 premiere of Married to Medicine. That episode earned a 0.13 in the demo and 603,000 live viewers. This is the first episode of Married to Medicine to feature Phaedra Parks, who has jumped over from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now, when you look at season 9, that uh, episode earned a 0.21 and 699,000 live viewers back in July of 2022. So again, not far off from the season 9 debut. Obviously, the demo is a little bit of a concern having dropped so much from last season, but live viewers and everything, it's looking right in line with where it needs to be. The season 9 average, you guys, was a 0.18 and 680,000 live viewers, so again, not far off from that. I'm content that with the drama coming up on the show, we're just one episode in, you know, it was BravoCon weekend, people are still figuring out the show is back. Like, I think this is solid. So for everyone saying, you know, oh, Phaedra, she was supposed to bring the ratings, like, Phaedra did say that, and Phaedra shouldn't have said that because no way you were going to bring in two mil, okay? Like, that is just never going to happen. But you guys, this is about extending the life of a show. And to see it debut with pretty much similar numbers, that's good, okay? And that's certainly a good thing for Married to Medicine. Now, moving on, we had The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on Tuesday night. This episode earned a 0.14 on the demo and 445,000 live viewers. Pretty much in line with the rest of the season, so... I am interested that Salt Lake City is so low, you guys. Like, I just think with all this drama and stuff that we would see it pick up. But I think it's just viewed as, like, the sister franchise at this point. So these are the numbers that we're getting. 
Now, Beverly Hills on Wednesday night is showing, you know, the other shows how it's done. Season 13, episode 3 earned a 0.26 in the demo and 961,000 live viewers. And that actually gave the Real Hosts of Miami a boost as well to a 0.12 in the demo and 432,000 live viewers. Now, that may not seem like a lot, you guys, but we jumped from 380,000 on the November 1st premiere to 432,000 live viewers. So people are definitely figuring out Miami is back on Bravo. And again, like it was always going to be a tough switch to get, you know, similar ratings for the other Housewives show when you're moving Miami from Peacock to Bravo. So I think they're more looking at, hey, is this in line with, you know, the previous run of episodes when we've aired them on Bravo? It is. So I think they're going to be happy with it. Like I said, it takes some time to get used to the schedule. But yes, I do still want more from Miami. Don't sleep on these housewife cities, you guys. Like, you're asking for New Orleans and you're not watching Miami. It's never going to happen. So don't sleep on it. I mean, all of these shows are having fantastic seasons right now. That's just my personal opinion. Now, as always, I keep track of a lot of other ratings for other shows. Southern Charm, other networks like basketball wives on vh1 which is doing really well love and marriage on own all sorts of stuff so make sure you go to tvdeets.com hover over the reality tv ratings tab it's all sorted by network and by show so take a look at all the stats there and as always i'll keep you posted on my socials with the latest stats Okay, I saw a sneak preview of tonight's Married to Medicine. This is episode two of season 10. And you guys, it's so good. Like, <laughs> I am absolutely loving Married to Medicine this season. So episode two is really interesting to me. I just want to shout out Purveyors of Pop, the production company uh, behind Miami and uh, Married to Medicine. They've hooked me up with the screeners, and I'm going to be getting every single episode this season, you guys. So lots more Married to Medicine content and Real Housewives of Miami content coming. I am so, so excited. But back to episode two. I mean, you guys, the first episode you guys saw Sweet Tea's introduction to the group, and she is causing quite a stir. I mean, my mouth was on the floor that entire episode, and that continues into episode two because Sweet Tea is just such a big personality, you guys. Like, she is coming in strong. She is coming in hot. Casting, like, you did it with this one. I am still reeling from seeing Dr. Greg back on my screen. And the fact that he's just, like, there so prevalent, Quad's not even around. I mean, it's just so... It's crazy to me, guys. Now, in episode two, we will see Quad return to the group, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, you know, and we get... You know, the first part of the episode, they do talk about, like, why Quad isn't coming around and whether they think that's appropriate or not. Jackie Walters coming out of the gate saying, well, Quad's never called me. So there's definitely some tension within the group, and I think Quad is going to position it as she needed to take some time away from the group after the reunion, but I really think the reality is, is Quad is suffering from, like, what a lot of, you know, Bravo liberties suffer from. If you don't genuinely like the woman, and you don't genuinely want to be friends with them, like, ten seasons in, it's not going to fucking work. So now you've got the core four, which is Dr. Heavenly, Toya, uh, Dr. Simone and Dr. Jackie, 
they're welcoming Sweet Tea and Phaedra into the mix, and Quad is out on the sidelines. So you're going to see this episode, she begins to figure out, okay, I guess I don't want to play on the side, I'm back in. And you're going to get that reintroduction of Quad, which I'm sure is highly anticipated. Now, just in terms of the confessionals, I just want to shout out production value as well. Like episode two, we see the scene of... Alora going dress shopping with Heavenly, and I love it. Like, the way it's filmed, it looks so beautiful this year. Like, they have definitely elevated Mary to Medicine, which is fantastic. And it's crazy seeing, like, Alora so grown up. She's so spunky. I love her. Looks gorgeous. And, you know, a really great scene with Heavenly. But, like I said, most of the episode is Sweet Tea. She does a little dress fitting as well. Has a little get-together with the girls. And, you know, you guys, it's just very interesting watching this dynamic. <clears throat> seeing her talk about Dr. Greg and the challenges that they're going through as they plan this wedding, like, this is interesting, TB, okay? Now, Dr. Alicia Egolem, who is a friend of Dr. Heavenly's, did appear on the premiere. She's also in this episode. Now, I've told you guys about it, I think, on the pod, or at least on my socials, that she was actually positioned for the Married to Medicine DC spinoff, which never got off the ground. But, <laughs> like... She is on Married to Medicine Atlanta, and I can't remember if it's episode one or two, but they're basically like, oh, you're back. Like, do you live here now? Like, what happened? And it's just so funny, like, seeing Alicia in the mix. Now, she does show up. She's in episode two. So far, she's not engaged. Like, I think it's a lot of dynamics at play. You have Phaedra coming in. Uh, we have Quad missing in action. And then you have Sweet Tea, like I said, just dominating. So Alicia's having a little... Difficulty, I think, standing up in this group so far, but I am intrigued and I am interested to see what she's going to bring. But honestly, you guys, Mary New Medicine is giving. Like, do not miss it. Watch it live. I'm going to be live tweeting tonight. And uh, like I said, thanks to Purveyors of Pop, my friends, bringing you tons more Mary to Medicine and Real Housewives of Miami content uh, in the coming weeks. But that's just a little teaser of tonight's Married to Medicine. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the TV Deeds podcast. I hope you are having an excellent week. I know this one's a little late coming on Sunday. And just some news about the podcast, you guys. This is, in effect, the season one finale of the TV Deeds podcast. And that's just because of my day-to-day uh, -day work responsibilities in my real work <laughs> um, are just picking up and getting a little crazier. So I'm going to have to switch the day of the podcast release and as a result, I'm going to have to take a little break, but I'm not going to stop doing the podcast. I just have to rejig it for you so that I get it out on the same day every single week. Fridays we're working. It's no longer going to work with uh, what I have going on professionally. So I just got to switch it up a little bit. And when I do, you guys will be the first to know. But please, after you listen to this episode, give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend. I would totally love that. And I have mentioned it on a previous podcast, but... There will be a Patreon aspect, so I've had so much fun doing these 20 podcasts for free, getting them out every week, but, you know, there will be some sort of Patreon aspect to the relaunch of the TV Deeds podcast, and, you know, I hope you guys would support me with the cost of a cup of coffee a, coffee, uh, a month or something, uh, just to help me out with everything that I do for TV Deeds, getting everything running, the ratings up, all the social posts, and this podcast recorded. 
you know it takes a lot so I would just appreciate that little bit but I've had so much fun doing this first season like I said I will not be gone for long so don't you know don't get too used to not having the TV Deeds podcast around uh, but pay, stay tuned to my socials I'll keep you posted with uh, when the next episode will be released but thank you so much you guys are the best continue to DM me let me know your thoughts on this episode everything we've discussed and we'll continue to talk reality TV Thanks so much.